Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. We're going to go to the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. Bring in uh, of Cleveland.com, the beat reporter, Mary Kay Cabot. How you doing? I'm doing great. How you doing? Wow. Wow, Mary Kay. I'm doing awesome. I am doing uh, awesome. I think there's a lot of people. Um, out there who are who are feeling like I'm feeling um, just ecstatic, just excited um, to, to, to have uh, a draft like we had and, and to, to have, you know, the picks that they fell the way that they did. When you look at this draft and just overall feeling um, and, and you're watching this, you know, everyone has their draft grades out. What, do, what are you giving um, the Browns and what are you just your overall feeling of, of the way Andrew Barry, um, Paul D. Podesta and, and Kevin Stefanski? What about building this roster uh, in terms of this draft class? Well, it's funny. I was looking back over. We all had to write how how they can win the draft. And I was looking back over what I wrote heading into it. And the first thing. Uh, I, I put four things there. The first thing I, I said was that they needed to come out of this with a really good cornerback, and I mentioned Greg or Caleb Farley, Greg Newsom or Caleb Farley, and I, I really uh, think that they would have been happy with either one of those two guys. So I think they were ecstatic to get Greg there. Uh, the next thing I said was that they needed to come out of it in one of the early rounds, first or second, with a hybrid linebacker. And, of course, they traded up. They got Jeremiah. And, um, you know, they, they would have been happy to get him in the first round, too. So I think they hit a home run right there. They hit a home run with getting those two guys. Uh, the next thing I, I talked about was a receiver, but I, I talked about it in the context of if there, if one of the best ones was available in the first round, they shouldn't hesitate to do it. And then I mentioned that they needed to get a running back. So it kind of worked out. Uh, very much like I, I thought it needed to for them. Uh, and, of course, they added some other things as well. But I, I thought they did a phenomenal job. And the, the whole key there was coming out of it with two guys that had first-round grades in, uh, in Newsom and Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. Uh, and, and they did it. They nailed that uh, with their first and second picks without getting, giving up too much to get Jeremiah. So I would have to give them an A. You know, uh, when I'm looking at your, your notes and, and comparing, um, and I really started watching, and, I, and I'm going down a checklist of different things that that I would like to see. One of the one of the things that I wanted to see is is possibly even with the receiver, uh, a, a guy that can get vertical. Um, you know, we saw what happened when Odell Beckham Jr. went down. Um, the the, sh- the field got a little shorter. Um, we didn't have the 
um, that person, that person that can get deep to make defenses respect you all over the field. Um, when they were able to get Anthony Schwartz, uh, one of the, probably the fastest guy in college football, um, with world-class speed, younger guy, uh, and a really smart and intelligent football player as well, I, I would just head over heels after we, we got the first three picks. Um, were you surprised, and, and did you hear anything uh, in terms of, if, you know, talking to GMs or people around the league, why um, Owusu Koromo dropped? You know, he we had him, and in, in everyone had him in the first round as a first-round grade. Everybody knew what kind of skill set he had. Why do you think he was still available um, and, and, and to the Browns' benefit to be there at, at pick in the 50s um, to go ahead and take him? It's puzzling. It really is. It's puzzling because, you know, it, it does seem like a lot of teams are going more towards these hybrid kind of linebackers that can do so many things for you, that can uh, sort of double as a big safety and, and whatnot. I mean, you know, from, from a size standpoint, the, the two hybrid linebackers they got are, you know, in safety size range. So it is puzzling because so many people had him ranked so highly. Daniel Jeremiah of NFL Network had him as his 15th player on his big board. I mean, that that's pretty darn high. And, you know, and, and they were able to get him at number 52. So uh, it, it's pretty cool that it turned out that way. I don't know exactly why he dropped. Uh, I know that he didn't run a 40 at his pro day. I, I haven't been able to find a smoking gun in terms of any kind of a medical or anything like that. It might just be uh, that, you know, one man's evaluation is completely different from another's or the fact that there just weren't that many teams that that were playing that style of defense that he would fit he's a super scheme fit for joe wood's defense and uh and if it works out the way that they hope it will he's going to be dynamite talking to mary Kay cabin on the uh, north homestead chrysler jeep dodge ram hotline um and when you break it down you, you take a look at that pick and he, you mentioned, and and I, I kind of concentrate on that um, that pick a little bit because um, when you're able to get Newsom uh, as a corner and they really you know had him uh, evaluated high, and you're able to still get um, a JOK here at linebacker, it just solidifies uh, your defense and it, and it just transforms it um, into something totally different than what we saw last year. When you're looking at the player profiles uh, in terms of the guys that they drafted on the defensive side of the football, um, wh- what are you? What are your thoughts on what they're looking for and what the, the staple of this defense will be um, moving forward when you look at the skill sets of these individuals that we took in the draft this year? Well, you know, I, I think it's becoming pretty clear what they are looking for just in terms of, of speed, uh, sideline, the sideline range, uh, they these are guys that, that are so versatile that they can play so many different positions. And I do think that's going to be important as they go along, because I, I mentioned this in a story that I wrote today. And by the way, I, I also pointed out that there could be nine new starters on defense next year. Nine. So this is a complete overhaul of the defense. Uh, but they're looking for guys that are fast. They needed to add speed. They needed to fix the middle of the field. I mean, that was just... Uh, an area that they really didn't address last year, and it cost them. I think it cost them uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs. We know it did. So now they're they're well positioned to defend some of these 
offenses that they're going to have to go up against. So, you know, the Ravens, the Chiefs, the Cardinals, uh, that, you know, they've got some guys that are going to be, be able to keep pace with uh, these faster players over the middle, covering tight ends. Uh, so speed and versatility were the two buzzwords. I mean, you've got, you can move Miles inside and out. You can move Jadavian inside and out. Same thing with Malik Jackson. You can move, uh, you can move Jeremiah, uh, you know, back to safety. He can play in all sub defenses. So, it's going to be important because this Browns team is not only playing 17 games this year, but they want to play three or four more after that in the postseason. And, uh, you know, we're still in, a, in the midst of a pandemic. We don't know how that's going to impact a roster. So you need guys that can do all different kinds of things for you. Uh, but this is just a, a younger, smarter, faster defense. Yeah, uh, as you just mentioned, you you just um you know uh, talked about what you wrote uh, as far as having nine, possibly nine additional starters that that were not in place last year, new starters. So when you look at uh, a team like this, you know you look at um a, a team that you have currently constituted uh, an eleven and five team, a team that you you was able to go to the playoffs, beat the Steelers. Now you you continue to add. You've added in free agency. You've also come to add uh, in the draft. With, with, and now you have tremendous depth. Um, what are some things that are that maybe understand the consequences to that? When you have depth like this, um, could we see some surprising moves here uh, with within camps or 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 time before camp, or, or that we would see people on the roster that would have normally made the squad, but now maybe the odd man standing out based on the depth that this team does have. Yeah, I, I think you're going to find some, some guys that are going to have to fight and scrap really hard to keep their jobs. And remember this, uh, these guys are drafting for a very, very specific scheme, very specific defense, and they're looking for certain traits and skill sets in their guys. And if they, if players were brought onto the team before this new regime and this new coaching staff came in, they're not going to be that precise, perfect fit. And therefore, they're going to have to either uh, become what these guys need or they're going to have to fight extra hard for their jobs or they're not going to make it. And I do see in certain cases where, uh, you know, I think that some guys that, you know, the Browns had hoped and thought would become starters for them for years to come might not even make the team this year. Uh, and, you know, it, it's going to be there will be some tough decisions that have to be made uh, and there will be some surprises. But when you look at the numbers, they're just not going to be able to keep every single one of these guys on defense. They've added at least about 16 new guys. And as I mentioned, I see potentially nine new starters on defense. You've got guys coming back. You've got Grant and Greedy and Andrew Billings, you know, coming back. You know, so, and you've got all the free agents, and now you've got five draft picks. So. Uh, it's going to be a very lively and spirited training camp. I can tell you that. You know, looking at this this draft and um, you know, past the top two picks in Newsom and Awusu Kormoa, um, we look at the you know rounds three through uh, three through six. Um, what are some names and what are some skill sets uh, of individuals that you saw in that second third day? that really stick out to you, um, that really, you know, caught your eye. And after you went back and took a look, look at some of their highlights or listened to what uh, Andrew Barry or, or Kevin Stefanski had to say why they were interested and excited about that player, 
Which one of those guys in, in the late rounds um, do you think you're a little intrigued by and you think could possibly be a sleeper pick to um, contribute to this team in um, 2021? Well, let, let me start with uh, let me start start with Demetric Felton. I mean, that that's a very very interesting pick right there, uh, because I, I think he's somebody that can contribute right away. Uh, you know, whether it be on on returns or as the uh, as the third running back, and he's versatile enough to get on the field and do some different things for you as a running back or as a receiver. A lot of teams thought he was going to be a receiver. So um, they have him pegged as a running back so far. But I, I think that he's a very, very intriguing player, once again, because of all the different things that, that he can do. Interesting guy to talk to and could make a little noise even, even in the first year, even though he is a developmental player. Some of these guys are developmental players. And then you've got Tommy from Ohio State uh, to plug up that middle there to help to stop that run uh, and shore things up from that standpoint. I, I think that's uh, a, a very, very intriguing pick for them. We all wondered, uh, you know, if they were going to do a little more to, to beef up that middle with Sheldon gone and, and uh, you know, and everybody else that's, that's kind of left that spot. Larry's gone. So, um, so he was another one to look at. There, you know, there's just a, a lot to, to unpack here. And, um, you know, one of the things that I, I really wanted to talk to you about, and this is kind of crazy, um, we talked about the middle. Uh, I, I guess first question is, um, Sheldon Richardson, you talked a little bit about, um, you know, him possibly coming back um, at a right price. Um, the Browns have made no guarantees about that. Um, and, of course, it, it's, it's still a lot of time left between now and when camp needs to start. So um, first of, first question is, do you, um, do you think that that's still a, a distinct possibility despite um, them going and, and, and getting Tommy Togiai? and um, some other guys? You know what? I, I am not really sure where that stands or how they left it with him. Not sure if they said, hey, look, if we, if we don't draft a guy, you know, stay by the phone. It might have been something like that. You know, maybe they have less of a need for that now, uh, the way the draft fell to them. But I think it's still good to have a veteran guy like that, a veteran presence in there who plays at a very, very high level. So I would still bring him back and, uh, and, and and let him show some of the younger guys how it's done. I, I would definitely not let that preclude you from doing that. Another guy that, I, you know, this is this is just just goes to show you um, what's going on with the Browns and how they're able to continuously find little pieces and nuggets and players. Uh, that you may not even know of, you know, the story hit, uh, I think, a, a little last night. Um, they got in a, in a bidding war for undrafted free agent Marvin Wilson. Now, Marvin Wilson was a consensus five-star prospect, defensive tackle. He was coming out of the country out of, in Texas. Uh, he played for Florida State. Um, you know, last year they talked about him possibly having a day two value. He comes back this year. Um, he wanted to play a different role in terms of uh, what he wanted to do at Florida State. He ends up going undrafted um, as a guy who, you know, if you go back and look at it, he's 6'5", 305. Uh, he has some ability to get upfield, has some ability um, to be violent with his hands. Uh, you know, what about even guys like this, you know, um, that they were able to give a, a nice size chunk of money to and bring in as an undrafted free agent? 
Yeah, when you give an undrafted free agent money like that up front, that means you really want and expect them to make your football team. Even if he, once again, is more of a developmental uh, prospect for them, uh, he, he's somebody that they, they want to keep around if they possibly can. Not easy to keep undrafted rookies on the football team, especially a football team that's operating at this level right now with this kind of talent. But that shows you that they made a commitment to him and said, you know, we really want you, which they had to do in order to land him. So good for them for being able to get a player like that. Uh, that that's tremendous for them. Uh, he's also represented by uh, Jedrick Will's agent. So there was a connection there. That always helps, too, when you have those kind of relationships to, to get those kind of things done in free agency. Uh, so I think that speaks well to the Browns in that regard. But he's another guy that can come in there in that middle and just fill up that middle for you. And it's going to start to get crowded there. As I mentioned before, you know, Jordan Elliott is going to have to step his game up. There are new uh, sheriffs in town there in the middle. Uh, He's going to have to step up his game. And so are some other second year guys, you know, Jacob Phillips and, uh, and even some of the third year guys are really going to have to uh, just fight it out in camp this year. And, and really quickly, and before we let you go, thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with me uh, today, breaking down the uh, 2021 draft for the Browns. You know, with, with the with the new additions, uh, with the guys in the draft, what we've seen uh, happen with uh, Tat McKinley and uh, Anthony Walker and some of these guys that we've brought in, and uh, in, in obviously Jadavian Clowney, Malik Jackson, some of those guys. Added to this draft class, where do you think this puts the Cleveland Browns in terms of the packing order in the AFC? And do you think that they they um, they showed up and, and caught a few people by surprise? And whether or not they'll be that team um, that's there with Kansas City, uh, and we're looking for that uh, that rematch hopefully uh, coming up next year. Well, yeah, I think they're certainly right up there. Yes, other teams helped themselves as well. Uh, it looks to me like the Ravens did a nice job of really helping themselves. All, all the teams in the division really did. I mean, my goodness, uh, you're going to have to defend, you know, Joe Burrow against Jamar. I mean, that that's not going to be easy. So other teams really helped themselves as well. But I think the um, the Browns kept themselves right up there in the conversation with the best teams in the AFC. Of course, I keep waiting to find out if uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to end up somewhere in the AFC, right? I mean, that is uh, something definitely wow. to keep an eye on because, you know, you think, okay, we, you know, you've got to get past, uh, you know, you got to get past the Bills and you got to get past the Ravens and you got to get past the Chiefs. Now, who knows uh, if they might also have to try to get past a team that, that Aaron Rodgers is commanding. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But I think as of right now, the Browns helped themselves enough to stay right up there in the conversation uh, with the top three, four, five teams in the conference. Mary Kay, thank you for so much for coming on uh, on a Sunday. I appreciate you. Uh, and we'll definitely be um, reading uh, all your articles in, in up to training camp and excited about this year in 2021. Sounds good. Thanks for having me.